And we're live. Girl, we couldn't get much higher. There it is. Home, baby, like my fire. Try to set the night on fire. Woo! Morning, Noodleberg Daily Huddle. Here we go, baby. Boom, 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 boom. Is your fire lit? If it's not, man, sit back, fasten your seatbelt, and let's go. <laughs> Funeral fire. Come on, baby, let my fire. Come on, baby, let my fire. JT in the house. Welcome, Jeremy. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning, Jim Barrett. Good morning to the LinkedIn world and the LinkedIn community. Douglas, good morning. Looking forward to connecting. Oh, you guys are going to connect? Awesome, man. That's great. So Doug and I have been on, on, you know, connected for a while. I'll never forget. I was speaking to him when I was up doing some stuff for Golids. And while I was speaking to him, I was passing Yankee Stadium. So that, that, uh, that you know, bam. That, that conversation is emblazed in my head. Sam Pollock in the house. With a great question. What is a funeral fire? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Eddie Dykes. I don't know about you, but this song does um, sort of bring you to a place where you might want to win be imbibing in another activity <laughs> like, like walking through the desert naked or something <laughs> like, <laughs> Woo! so shout out to all the seminoles out there because he is a null 100 uh jim morrison is a null yeah 100 we got the best ones i did not know that okay so um Beyond the fact that that's a great song and that it's midweek, it's three days before the end of the month, are you quitting or are you going to blast through the, uh, the the goal line, blast through the, the finish line? There are plenty of cases where people pull up and somebody leans forward and beats them. You know, So today is about light your fire, go to the end, finish strong. But today in history, 1967, that song became the number one song in America. So uh, it was on the Billboard charts. It was the start of a four-year unbelievable run for The Doors where they had some amazing songs. Jim Morrison did some amazing shit, good and bad. Mark, tell us. <laughs> so this song goes to number one. They go on to the Ed Sullivan show, and they're not supposed to say, come on, baby, we can't get no higher. And he looks dead into the camera and says it as clear as he could say it into the camera. And then he got banned from the show. They immediately cut the cord and everything. They cut the recording and went off. And that was Jim Morrison. I mean, obviously he you know, lost his mind at the end of it because the guy took more psychedelics than there are mushrooms on the planet. But um, <laughs> Well, yeah. his whole attitude was a giant. Uh, yeah, you know, correct. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. I, people tell me to do what you got to do, all that kind of stuff. So uh, cool, cool stuff about Jim Morrison. Just um, some of the songs that you may or may not remember from back then. People are strange. <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, some nuts today. Um, Love me two times. Um, Hello, I love you. Um, L.A. Woman. L.A. Woman. Clearly like one of my favorites. And then Riders on the Storm. Best. The best. <laughs> Come on, baby. Talk about Riders on the So uh, that was pretty awesome. He was lit. That he was. Jim Morrison was lit before lit was a thing. Yeah, you know, it was, if, if you watch his documentary, do you know who played him in the documentary? I do, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. So if you think about Val Kilmer's career, that guy's done some amazing shit, man. He's put, put some, you know, he's certainly a, you know, a Top Gun guy. You remember him from that. I so see. I think we struck a chord yesterday with uh, the complaining thing. You know, we've been talking about a lot of stuff and certain things light up. Yesterday was lit about complaining and you know disciplining yourself to not do that to do all the things we talked about yesterday and wouldn't you know it one of our huddle members um somebody who i admire respect she's a friend i work with her she's incredible um in terms of all of the obstacles she's uh, overcome kim swears big shout out to her venice magazine did a story on her and here's the deal man here's what's so unbelievable Here's the headline. Kim Swears has your social distancing solution, voting. After facing recessions, cancer, and now a pandemic, knowing her why helps her and her company navigate life's storms. Damn, damn, damn. I mean, she's incredible. I pulled out a couple of nuggets from the article. I posted it in the huddle already. I, I think you should reach out to her. She's so engaging and has a great, com, you know, great conversation. You can either give up or you can follow your why. I get up every day. I hit it hard because that's what people expect of me. So I love that. Then she said, uh, during murky times, she turned to the advice of her friend, Marty Heisinger. And I happen to know, have known the Heisingers. I did business with the Heisingers. They were amazing, amazing, simple people. They were not flashy. They were great. But um, she used to say, uh, Marty Heisinger used to say this, find your silver lining and pay it forward. Because you know what? We all have a silver lining. So I, I love that. Um, at the at that time, and the story goes on to talk about Marty Heisinger had cancer, and they went to the Moffitt Center all the time. And so she's she's amazing. I'm thrilled that she's in my life, and I welcome all of you to go and meet her and talk to her. And you know, maybe you get on a boat. You know? Piggybacking off that why conversation, I had a great conversation yesterday with somebody that I connected on LinkedIn, and they're a young professional, and they were struggling. They're like you know, I get, I start this thing and I feel motivated to do it. And then how do I continue on? And I was as, as, as transparent as I could be with them. I said, you have to remember your why. I was a college football coach for 10 years because I knew what my, my why was every day getting up. I knew that I wanted to do everything I could to help the football team win and help everybody around me. And I had the goal of becoming a head football coach. And I knew what it took, what I was going to have to give up to do that and what I was going to have to do in order to get to, to do that. So taking all of that into account, I remembered my why and said, it's worth it. I know what I'm doing. The second it was 
a doubt in my mind that it was no longer worth it, that was it. Pull the ripcord. Because as soon as you can't commit yourself to the cause of the why, you're done. You got no well, chance. If you remember correctly, when you got your first job, which paid you $13,000, you know, I said to you, I go, listen, follow your passion, follow your why, do whatever. I'll do whatever I have to do to make it happen for you. But the minute you pull off your why, or the minute you don't feel the spark, I'm out. That's I'm it. not going to support that. And so that was an early lesson that certainly has its benefits. 100%. So um, I'm going to shout out to another uh, huddle member and the group is great. Uh, the feedback we get is incredible, you know, but when you talk about, and we get asked this all the time, why do you guys do that? You know, it's not an easy thing that we do. We prepare for this, you know, there's some real stuff. We're giving away real nuggets of stuff. Paul Rushton, who we know from across the pond, we've never physically met, but the internet and all of the social tools have put us together. He sent me a note yesterday after it. He goes, hey, Steve, love today's huddle. Nice work and thank you for your stamina, kindness, and tenacity. It takes a lot of determination to push on and do what you do every morning. It brightens up my day. I love being part of the Noodleberg Network family. Stay safe, Steve. You want to know why I do something? That. That's why. Thank you, Paul. Really fantastic. That is exactly why, you know, Maria, who sends us lunch at PDQ, which we got to figure out a cheat day to do that. You know, I'm not looking for rewards. I'm not looking for money. I'm looking for, you know, satisfying my itch to really help other people. And, I, you know, when, when people get to know me better and they go, wow, you know, you really are genuine about that. The real riches come beyond that. So it's sort of cool. Um, but we are in a world filled with nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you can't help yourself. <laughs> Team of the story. You know what? Uh, uh, and uh, w- welcome, Kim. Kim is here now. So, Kim, we just did a whole segment on uh, on uh, praising you, and uh, hopefully, everybody in the huddle uh, reaches out for a cup of coffee with you because you are awesome. So, when I say that everybody's nuts, um, I'm an insatiable reader. Came across an article um, that about a nut company in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth actually. So this nut company supplied all of the nuts to the first class seats on American Airlines and other airlines. And United. And United is exactly right. Now, anybody who's had the chance to fly first class on American or United, those are some badass nuts. They serve them all heated up and well, pandemic changed that. People are flying, but they ain't serving you loose nuts. Man. That's not happened. Now, I know you, I know that there's a lot of loose nuts in your life, but what they've done here, which is amazing. You want to tell them what they did? Well, no. I mean, just the fact that we're talking about nuts the way that we are right now, and I want to bring up my favorite quote, so you can, you can go ahead and get to the point of the story and what they did with it, which is great, but go ahead. So the, the owner... Um, uh, you might say is shell shocked <laughs> them canceling all of these orders. So there's 50,000 pounds of American airlines and United airlines nuts that the uh, Kim Peacock from GNS foods, great uh, said, you know, what are we going to do with them? 
that actually equates to 70,000 bags. And so um, they put them out there for people to consume. I raised my hand. I ordered. They're selling at less than half price. If anybody's interested, uh, you can never have enough nuts. <laughs> and, just, and just so that we know what we're talking about, the quote from her is, these are first class mixed nuts. So... <laughs> You can't make this Not up. Not to be confused with pedestrian nuts. <laughs> and Lloyd Gillick said, D's, well done. Well done, Lloyd. Unbelievable. Uh, speaking of Lloyd, um, really quick segue. Lloyd um, was uh, motivated by the huddle and decided to create a better work environment for him at home. He was doing some cleaning out, and he's a, um, a hoarder by nature. And he wound up sending me my last will and testament from my high school graduation, which I will share <laughs> at, at another time with you guys. But uh, what I wrote as an 18-year-old is uh, sometimes not to be. Oh, there you go, Jack. I don't even got it right. Coach nuts. <laughs> so, oh, Doug is even better. Badass nuts. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, so, um, excuse me, but you got to laugh on a, you know, on a Wisdom Wednesday or a What's Up Wednesday or a whatever Wednesday. So, uh, here's another one that feeds right into the nut category. I don't know if you knew this. I did not know this, but one of the marketing columns I write, the guy shared a story. Um, Sean Kernan shared this story about the fact that Taco Bell has a hotel in Phoenix called The Bell. Now, I'm telling you straight out, I didn't know that there was a hotel. I didn't need to know that there was a hotel. <laughs> but he writes about it as this amazing, amazing marketing thing that he hates. You know, like... Who would want to stay in a hotel where basically all of the decor, the front desk looks like a Taco Bell? Now, I don't know about you, but the I, the last time I was in a Taco Bell, I might have been 18. Now, in all fairness, <laughs> there were times that I drove through a Taco Bell, but physically in a Taco Bell, there's no I'm not, I'm not staying in a Taco Bell. I don't care. I don't care how much I love Taco Bell. I'm not staying in a Taco Bell. So they uh, they also have one of the most overpriced guest stores and a no return policy because you get caught up Taco Bell room service. Jim got it. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to buy something that has Taco Bell on it. You're going to wake up from your stupor when you're at home. <laughs> you go, what the fuck did I buy? <laughs> so um, there is a Taco Bell club that gets access to the hotel. There's 70,000 nuts that go to, <laughs> that go to Taco Bell. Just, just drives home the point of uh, make sure that you're engaging with your audience every way that you can. Obviously, there are Taco Bell enthusiasts out there, and they are making sure that the 70,000 that are extreme fans have a place to uh, connect. So... Um... So that's whatever Wednesday, a lot of good stuff. A couple of quick shout outs to people who we haven't seen in a while or who are now regulars. Ray Mesa, welcome aboard, brother. Robert Costamoris, who did our Learn LinkedIn like a pro. He's in New York, and even though he's a giant fan, 
Okay, I'm, I'm okay with you. Thanks for joining. Um, Michael Marin, Jason Muntner, great call yesterday. Hope you had uh, a great lunch with your lady. Um, and now on to today's topic, even though we're running stupid late. But um, it's a good topic because it picks up on the theory of your personal advisory board. And that one lit up. Had a lot of people reach out to me, you know, saying, hey, you know, could you go a little deeper? Can you help me? And there is a philosophy, and if you want, I'll share the, the guy who wrote it. The guy who wrote it was Edward de Bono. He wrote a philosophy called Six Thinking Hats. And so I've heard people say, God, I'm wearing so many hats. And so tell me what that means to you. Yeah, to me, when somebody says that they're wearing too many hats or they're wearing so many hats, they're busy doing so many different things. I've got to, I've got to be the baseball coach to my son's baseball team, and I've got to be the great husband at home, and I've got six different projects happening at work. One's in the marketing, one's in sales, one's in customer retention, all of these different things going on. So people feel like they're being pulled in all of these different directions, which is true. I think we live in a world, especially if you're an entrepreneur, where you've got a lot of different things going on in the same day that all require your exact focus, which leads into all of the other things that we talk about with time management, attention management, and all of that. So I love categorizing stuff. I must shout out to my first lady, Michelle, who has been joining. And for whatever reason, I can't see everybody that's coming in from all of the different social media channels. So a big shout out to uh, my why. Thank you, uh, Michelle Esposito. And keep kicking ass in real estate. Real estate's on fire because I want to retire and let Mark run the company. So anyway, um, six thinking hats and we've defined them by color. So I'm going to jump in. Mark, you want to jump in first? Sure. Yeah. The blue hat, which is the management hat. And I think, you know, to me, there, there are, there's ways to categorize days as well. But when you're wearing that management hat, it should be that 30,000 foot view. You shouldn't be in the weeds on everything. That should be your time to really separate everything out, be able to plan your day and know exactly the strategy that you're taking in each of the things that you have to do. I love that. Someone's got to lead it. Someone's got to define the project. What's going to happen, you know, in football, not, everybody's not going out on the field, just going crazy. People are there to define the work and then people go do the work. So I love that one. Um, the, uh, the white hat is really all about fact and data. You, know, you need data. And, you know, the, we're living in a data driven world. So when I say research, you got to put that hat on and say, right now, I'm focused on driving all of the facts because facts can determine which fork in the road you take. That's the analyst hat to me. And I think everybody yeah. has to be able to do that. Like in order to be an expert in your field and you know, we're working with city furniture and I saw Sam yesterday, Sam the sleeper, which was great. And we had a whole conversation about sleep and mattresses, but there's nobody better when it comes to the facts about sleeping than that guy. And if you really want to be able to persuade people or convince people that they need something or that something can help them, there's no better way to do that than with the facts. So you got to be able to put that hat on at some point. I love that. You know, fact-driven uh, conversations are always great. Yellow hat is really um, focusing on what's great about the project or the opportunity or the idea about what's going on. You know, I think for us, you and I do a good job of checking our ego at the door and saying, all right. No bullshit. What's really good about what we do? What are the outcomes that people are getting? And that 
at that time, you don't need to be concerned with the negative because that'll come. It's all sure. about being positive. Yep. The red hat would be the emotional hat. So tying in, pulling all of those emotions. How does this make me feel? What is this project? How does it make me feel about what we're going to do? Because if it doesn't make me feel anything, that's probably a problem to start with. And if, it, you know, you have to recognize those feelings, good, bad, indifferent. So the emotional hat is the red hat. Which is pretty cool because now we flip to the black hat and the black hat. This is the one time it's okay to say an imaginary. Say to yourself, I'm wearing a black hat. What's wrong with this? What's the downside? We talked about the 10th man, you know, that kind of stuff. This is that categorization. And one of the things that Mark and I had talked about is that you don't necessarily have to play all these roles imaginary in your head. This yep. is where it leads to identifying, hey, I've got someone on my personal board that's a black hat. For me, Sam is my, you know, uh, consigliere. He's my CFO. He's my business advisor. He says no to everything. I expect him to say no. He beats the shit out of every idea because if I can overcome that, then it's an idea worth assuming, uh, you know, uh, moving forward with. And so, you know, the black hat is really cool. And the green hat is the go hat. Green means go. And that means unleash the bound, take, get rid of the boundaries, unleash all the thoughts, go deep in every direction of all the different things that the project entails and make sure that every detail is hashed out and that you're not limiting yourself in any kind of way. So the six thinking hats in color, I think in reality, it's hard to wear all six of those hats. So it's critical to know what you're good at doing and bring in people to see your blind spots and, and take care of the areas that you know you're not good at. Which is what great coaching is. And so uh, for me, I know I'm old, but there was a show way back when called Herman's Head. And if you Google it, it was a really cool show because there were six people living in his head. All different personalities were living in his head. And I always loved that visual. And I shared that with my sales teams is that at one point in the day, you might be one or the other personalities understanding what you're feeling, defining it and creating the right execution is really key. We're at uh, 22 minutes. Today was super fun. Go out. And here's a key to today. Don't worry about lighting your own fire. Go out and light someone else's fire. Yeah. How about that? You want to feel good? Find someone in your network. Reach out and say, I am connecting with you to light your fire. Come on, baby. Have a great day. Get no higher. Oh, we're going to get higher. <laughs>